0: Hello, welcome, welcome all. Hello. Good to see all of you. Woo, boy. Wow welcome to the jb font channel i'm your host james fontleroy so good to see all of you on this beautiful tuesday afternoon april 25th 2023 the jb font channel is available on all major podcast platforms like anchor apple spotify and google Podcasts. so you can subscribe to me there i'm also part of the revolutionary blackout network so you can find me on the jb show on sundays at 1 p.m eastern as well as RBN Live on Tuesdays at four and the Savvy NJB Show on Thursdays at six. I also do some readings throughout the week. So if you guys would like to, you can go into the channel and you guys can check that out, uh, especially in the description below. Uh, You can check those out. And also uh, thank you so much to everyone um, for your well wishes as well as your condolences. I will be getting into that in a little bit, but uh, thank you so very much. Uh, and also thank you to the subscribers as well as the members the patrons on patreon and coffee So I just want to give a big thanks to all of you guys there And if you guys would like to you guys can also go to my patreon or my coffee They are in the description down below. Thank you so much from the top and bottom of my hearts and a special Thank you also uh, To our to my newest patron uh, Michelle Mashburn. Thank you so very much. You'll be added to the list and thank you so very much for supporting me in the work that I do. It means a lot, definitely. So, also, uh, you know, just to let you guys know if you guys would like to, you guys can go to my Substack. You guys can go to jbfont.substack.com to get email notifications, just like you got a notification for this stream here. You guys can get notifications directly from me instead of relying on youtube because we know that youtube is not as reliable as it should be so therefore you guys can actually go straight to the horse's mouth so to speak so you guys can get those email notifications as well so as usual uh you know i just want to start off and say hello to everybody in the chat and we'll get to that right now so uh, first off, we have Janice. Janice comes in and says, welcome Jack JB. you were missed. My condolences to you and your family for the loss of your grandmother, sending you a virtual hug. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Uh, yeah, we'll be getting into that in a second, but I appreciate it very much from you. It means a lot, really. We have Hen's Teeth coming in saying, my condolences to you and your family, JB. Great bear, big bear hugs. Thank you. That That means a lot. Serena Sawyer coming in saying, greetings, comrades. I am so sorry for your loss. Virtual hugs coming your way. Thank you. Thank you. We have Bryce Smith coming in saying, what up, JB? Hope you're feeling well, my brother. I'm feeling better. It's a lot, but I'm feeling better. So thank you so very much to you, Bryce. Uh, who else we have? We have Delphia Simmons coming in saying, Kaya Kid, how you holding up? I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah, uh, it's been a it's been a long week, um, so I'll be getting into that in a second. But yeah, it's been quite a week. We have uh, Rick Solis coming in. Uh, thank you so very much. Um, it it means definitely a lot. Uh, there has just been a huge host, a whole host of just just a lot of emotions over the week. So yeah, all right. Just going to check and see if there's anybody on Rockfin just yet. Not right now, but we will get into that in a little bit. Um, I'm going to switch because I was going to talk about the news story first, but <clears throat> I think it is uh, pertinent to talk about the, kind of the elephant in the room, so to speak. Um, so, ah, gosh. Hmm. Last week, on Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, this is after I got home from dialysis, um, we have found out that my my grandmother had died on Wednesday afternoon, um, and it was a... it was a bit of a shock because she was okay it wasn't like she was on hospice or anything like that she was okay she, you know she was you know she was supposed to turn 89 this year and um it's just it, it's hard because i wanted to there was plans for the whole family to try to go and see her <clears throat> she hasn't seen her me her grandson or any of her grandsons and in, in quite a few years and then she wanted to see her great grandkids again and she was also a great great grandmother and she wanted to meet her great great grandson and we talked about it. You know, we, we even sat down together as a family, uh, in ways in which we can try to get up there. The problem is, is economically it's not feasible. Traveling 1100 miles, you know, with nine, 10 people is an arduous task. And so because of that, would have taken a lot longer. And we were trying to, excuse me. We were trying to go as soon as humanly possible, but it didn't happen when we wanted it to. And so she was supposed to be turning 90 next year. This is my grandmother. Lorraine Wilnett Coleman Spruill. She was a beautiful person. She was a professional seamstress. She was a hard worker. She was religious, even though she really didn't go to a church or belong to a church. And She cared about family very deeply, Um, and she was the matriarch of the family, the oldest of four siblings. She ended up having four kids herself my mom being the oldest. And so last time I spoke with her, I made her laugh. I always try to make her laugh, you know, because, you know, as I always say, you know, laughter is revolutionary. I tried to talk, you know, about, you know, things that would, you know, get a chuckle out of her so that, you know, she feels better. Unfortunately, I won't be able to do that anymore, but I want to focus on the good times because despite, you know, what happened. Her life was relatively long. So that I can take solace in. So it broke me last week because it was kind of a shock to all of us. And we, you know, she was still living on her own. And so one of the things that I do wish though, was that for a lot of seniors in this system, they may not need to be in a nursing home right like that. They may just need somebody to come by a house, you know, on a daily basis and, you know, just do things that need to be done, you know, around the house that they really don't have the strength or the bandwidth to do anymore. But that costs money. And that's something that our system does not want to allow. That's something that our system says no if you're not rich you do not get these things which i honestly believe that are a right i believe that long term care especially close to end of life i believe that's a right unfortunately you'll have the powers that be that think that it is a privilege to have that which i call bullshit because people like my grandmother should have been able to have that at least as an option you know and it should not be out of pocket for any person who especially is a senior in this country and yet here we are so many people who go through this Within our nation, are passing away needless, needlessly, or suffering at home because of just getting older. And what would our rather our what would our corporate dictators rather us do? Just pass away quietly, so that they don't have to give up their untold billions of dollars just to help out some people who are elderly or disabled. A lot of times people talk about the forgotten man or woman, but they'll say that in a way to muster up votes, feed to their base. But in reality, the people who are are truly forgotten, who are people are typically the most disenfranchised. And when we talk about them, people roll their eyes and they go, can we talk about something else? You talk about disabled people, they'll roll their eyes. You talk about elderly people, they'll roll their eyes. You talk about trans people, they'll roll their eyes. You talk about black people, they'll roll their eyes. You talk about indigenous people, they'll roll their eyes. they are talk about immigrants, they roll their eyes. But in reality, you judge a nation by how well it takes care of the most disenfranchised among them. And if they are poor at taking care of the most disenfranchised among them, in my opinion, you live in a failed state. We live in a failed state, that's for certain. And this strengthens my resolve to do what I do and to go farther, because I do not want this to happen to anybody else. And people can go oh well she was older blah 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 no 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 no. just because somebody's older doesn't mean that they pass away on your schedule harry belafonte was in his 90s and he just died my grandmother could have gone at least another good 10 years maybe 12 maybe 13 more years I would have loved to sit there and celebrate her 100th birthday. So, yes. My family is devastated right now. Even just the planning of the funeral is a lot emotionally. Which is a whole nother kettle of fish that we have to, you know, change in the system because you should not go broke to bury your loved ones. Me and my family, a couple of nights ago, we actually talking about life insurance and how it is nearly impossible for somebody like me to get life insurance because I have end-stage renal disease. I have chronic kidney failure. So people who are on kidney dialysis can almost never get proper life insurance because I'm high risk because they don't wanna put that money out but I have to get it because what is my family supposed to do if in case I meet my untimely demise at an early age? But that's the system. That's what we go through. Truth be told, rich people do not need life insurance. All they gotta do is write a will, bequeath it to whoever they want, And that's it. Guess what? They still have all the money to be able to pay for end-of-life expenses. But somebody like me? No. It costs five, what? I think it costs around $5,000 just to cremate. Let's not even go to burial. And who pays for that? People should not have to go on a payment plan to bury their loved ones. I'm gonna repeat that. People should not have to go. It's a payment plans to bury their loved ones. Should you even have to pay anything at all? I'm sad. I'm pissed. And I'm devastated. So, yeah, that's what happened to me in the last week. I I thought I wasn't going to be able to do a stream today, but I said uh i gotta keep busy i gotta i gotta keep busy i gotta you know do things that you know in my routine because if not then i'll just be left with my thoughts and i can steep into a depression and then i'll be good to nobody i, I won't be able to help others and that's one of the reasons why I'm right here in front of you. So, yeah. Um it's a lot. Thank you so much, Wardy. I appreciate it very much. Uh Pittsburgh, dude, 87. Thank you so much as well. Uh, old man Barker. Thank you. Appreciate it. Serena Sawyer. She sounds just like my mama. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my grandmother, look, this pretty much goes for everybody in my family. It's what you see is what you get. They're not sugarcoating anything for you. She was a woman who spoke her mind. She said what needed to be said, If she had to tell you off. She would. <laughs> she was a, she was a spitfire, man. She was strong. She was a strong woman. Yeah, she was. Trauma Queen says old people need company and care. Absolutely, absolutely. Sonina Sawyer says, "My mama would tell me the government purposefully, purposefully neglects the elderly and disabled people in hopes that they will perish and therefore not need to pay out SSI." That's, That's true. They rather they rather that. Hence, Steve he says, "Burial is a right. Absolutely, it is a right." Rick Solis says, "Fats JB still paying for my dad's funeral from 2020." Probably got another couple of years to go. Hopefully. Ah, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry. My grandmother was also paying, making payments on my uncle's funeral. She was still making payments on my uncle because my uncle passed away. so yeah that was uh, a lot of what happened uh today um up to today and it's just i am just doing the best i can uh just uh not uh, it's not a, 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 a you know type of morning it, it, you know i'm still mourning, and you know you can't You can't put a time limit on how long somebody should mourn. You can't put a, you can't judge people for how they mourn, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to do the best I can to help other people because helping other people makes me feel better. giving you guys the news, you know, uh, learn to help, you know, having, you know, allowing you guys to come in and learn along with me as I do my readings, talking about, you know, making the world into a place that is more equal ep- equitable and just for everyone. This is the way I try to help people around me, because if I don't do this, then I just fall deep into a depression. So I don't want to do that. A.K.A. Blue Marvel. John Kemper is in the house. Good to see you. All right. Thank you, John. Um, Let me go to Rockfin. Uh, Oh, let me enlarge this really quick. Thank you so much, Dave Burt. So good to see you. Nice to be here for JB Stream. Thank you so much, Dave. Dave, thank you so much for the tip on Rockfin. Dave says, "Thank you for your brilliance and your cur- coverage." JB, thank you, thank you so much, Dave. That means a lot. Um, yeah, it is terrible, but uh, you know, people, people like all of you that are watching, you know, make things, you know, bearable. So I, I appreciate all of you so much. Kay, wow, thank you for the generous tip. That means a lot. That definitely will help me in the future um oh man thank you so much for that tip. i appreciate it Kay says my condolence on your loss jb thank you dave burt says the state does nothing for people anymore it is a fascist state in what in the areas where it is powerful in other areas it is corporate zombie fascist owned in private i'm sorry provided no useful services or aid thank you so much a Burt says good luck thank you so very much doing work here and elsewhere. Um, see, have you read the social security pages recently? F these banks controlling government and everyone else. Uh, not recently, but I don't put anything past them. But thank you so very much to everyone. Um, Now, if anybody would like to make any type of contributions because um, we will be planning to go to New Jersey um for my family um it is a lot um my family is of we're aware of little means um and so we're trying to get up the money to fly um yeah we need transportation uh hotel accommodations and food that's pretty much it and so if anybody would like to contribute you can you know contribute either through uh my patreon uh coffee you guys can go my uh paypal cash shop and venmo are also in the description below my uh GoFundMe is also in the description down below so if you guys want to do any one of those then you guys can um as well uh anything's welcome uh if you guys want to do super chats you guys can do that just be aware that i think youtube takes like 30 percent of super trash just to let you guys know but I appreciate anything and everything if you guys want to you guys can just share if you like um, but your con- you know your condolences and words of encouragement mean the most so thank you so much so um, yeah so I talked about that for about half an hour um, I want to get to the next story Uh, so this is going to be a good one. Um, hello. Oops. I can't believe that happened. Let me see. Uh, Willem says my grandmother remains my biggest hero. She was as tough as iron and gentle like the morning sun. I'm sure your grandmother is with you. She will always be in your heart to guide you. Oh, thank you. That means a lot. All right. So, what else am i going to be talking about today um now i'm covering one story today just to take it a little bit easy on myself but hollywood ruined by capitalism and as you can see there are strikers from the writers guild of america and there's a lot of them in the streets Writers, what we do without them, they are the sources of all of our movies and shows. They are the people that entertain us. And I think that it's deeply important that a writer should be compensated properly, right? One would think that they are compensated properly, but it doesn't seem like they are at all. But there there was a tweet that was shared by the Writers Guild of America. Let's give it a look-see, shall we? Yes, we shall. So this is from the Writers Guild of America West, says... WGA members have authorized a strike by 97.85% writers are ready for the for a deal from the studios that allows writers to share in the success of the content they create and build a stable life so 97.85% authorized a strike. And even the mayor of Burbank stands with the workers. So, this is what's happening, and there's a lot that goes meaning for this, especially when it comes to the content that we watch. That may be shows on you know, you could be watching Hulu, you could be watching Netflix, you'd be watching ABC, CNN. Uh, CBS, sorry, kind of a Freudian slip there, right? Um, You could be watching on TNN, hell, you can be watching shows on Cartoon Network. You could be watching something from Universal, you know? Um, You could be watching something from Disney Pixar. You'll be watching a whole host of different things. And somebody had to write that script. Somebody had to write that episode. And are they being fairly compensated for the work that they do? Because we all know that these studios and these corporations make hand over fist day in and day out. Let's go to... The article. And this is an article out of Vanity Fair. It says if a if writer's strike hits Hollywood, everybody loses. This is from Natalie Jarvie out of Vanity Fair. This came out yesterday. Okay, it says in January 2008, eight weeks after film and TV scribes grabbed picket signs and ground Hollywood to a halt, Conan O'Brien returned to his NBC late night show, sans Writers, but having acquired a thick red striped beard. It has been a very tough time only for our show, not only for our show, but for a lot of people in the entertainment industry. He said, good people right now are out of work and possibly worse. With all the late night shows off the air, Americans have been forced to read books and occasionally even speak to one another, which has been horrifying. He then launched into a show that featured an uninspired tribute to his new facial hair and a segment in which he timed how long he could spend his wedding ring on his desk. It wasn't the most scintillating entertainment, but as O'Brien himself acknowledged, we have no writers and we have and one hour show to do every night. But now it's 15 years later, and it says, girl on the verge of another strike, says audience could be in store for another period of strike beards, reruns, and actual human interaction. The Writers Guild of America, which is the, in the middle of negotiating a new contract with studios and streamers, have received overwhelming support from its nearly 12,000 members to strike a deal if it is if it deal isn't in place May 1st and things aren't looking promising. Writers are fighting for higher pay, arguing that they haven't seen a fair share of the spoils from the streaming wars at a moment of relative austerity for entertainment conglomerates, which in recent months have cut budgets and laid off thousands of workers. So That's what's going on there. Uh, this is kind of interesting. I saw here it says even so the 2007 strike did produce some winners Donald Trump and Nikki Ficky said and 2023 strike would do the same and there are some I'm sorry and there are some who have more to lose than there is a work stoppage so this actually goes into who wins and who loses so it's who wins writers. The WGA is fighting long-term changes that could make significant improvements to writers' pay and working conditions, including an increase in minimum compensation in streaming residuals, a payment similar to a royalty, and new policies around the use of smaller writers' rooms known as mini-rooms. There's also an effort to get ahead of burgeoning technologies like artificial intelligence that threaten writers' jobs. Talk to writers right now and they'll say that streaming, with its short episode orders and long production times, have made it harder for them to build stable careers. The current fight is to safeguard ourselves from it getting worse. As but a work stoppage could have devastating impact on the short term. If writers rooms shut down, jobs will dry up and there are no guarantee that the same opportunities will be available when work resumes. I'm going to stop right there. Remember when we used to have mostly scripted television? What happened after that writer strike? Boom. Reality TV. Real Housewives, the Kardashians, uh Celebrity Apprentice or the the Apprentice. All these different things came out, especially you're in a writer strike why because you need writers to write scripts if you don't have scripts then what are you going to do then you just depend on the people who are you depend on the talent but the talent really isn't talent they just are they're they're just personalities and so now if you look What's dominating a lot, especially a lot of cable shows, is reality TV. Go on Bravo. Go on E. Go on VH1. Go on all these different channels. Uh, TLC. TLC is supposed to be the learning channel. What are you learning? Right? All these channels now have reality TV. How many Real Housewives do we have? You have Real Housewives of Atlanta, Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of the Potomac, Real Housewives of the OC, Real Housewives. Look, next thing you know, they're going to have Real Housewives of Appalachia. That's coming up next. Next thing you know, we're going to have Real Housewives of of, uh, Lake County, Florida. Real Housewives of... arkansas (laughs) arkansas <laughs> you know it's just it's just crazy but that's all they have they just put them out there boom 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 okay well, what, what we got to do here okay uh well, let's have people who are living in jersey on the shore and let's just follow their life okay all we need is a producer a director and a cameraman that's it no writers and just let them ruined their own lives for all of our entertainment. And so that's what happened. It says the 2007 strike led to years of friction between the writers and the studios, and some workers chose to leave the industry entirely, but many felt that the concessions won made it all worthwhile. Now, it says studios are set to also benefit. It says Netflix CEO Ted Seren, sorry Serendos, and Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav have both said that they don't want a strike to happen. And it is true that a lengthy strike could significantly derail their project timelines. But don't be surprised if they're already hard at work finding out how to come out on top if there is one. In 2007, the studios took advantage of a strike to cancel underperforming shows and axe several dozen overall deals with writers and producers, and several sources expect them to do the same if there's another strike. You got to remember, every single show that gets axed, these are makeup artists that are out of work, cameramen, I'm sorry, camera people, operators that are out of work you have you know set design crews that may be out of work you have producers that may be out of work you have so many people that are out of work whenever a show gets discontinued or cancelled or if a movie that was set to start gets axed these are working people that were working on these shows to bring them to you and so, this is basically these corporations trimming the fat, so to speak. Because for them, it's about profitability. Never mind the shows that were actually really good, but they weren't making as much money. How many of you in the chat back in, dare I say, the golden years of Netflix? used to watch a show called Sense8. Some of you guys know. Sense8 was a show that was amazing at its time. Hey, kid. Good to see you. All right. Thank you so very much. Sense8 was a... I don't want to say the word revolutionary... But it was a very uh, captivating show. Here's the premise. So you have eight people that were all born on the same day. That all share a mental link around the world. And they all could link each other in mind when it came to performing different actions. One was a police officer. I know. I know. Um, One was part of a mafia. You had one that was uh, a club DJ. You had another that was great driver, an amazing driver. You had another one that was a kick-ass martial artist. And you had another one that was an actor. One that was a computer hacker. And then the last one, the eighth one, was a pharmacist. And said they would use each other's tools and go into each other's brains in order to perform certain actions. And they were also fighting against somebody that was trying to take them out because that person thought that they were a threat to humanity. And it was just a beautiful show. Gorgeous show. And it was actually pretty it, it was it was pretty progressive because one of the people in the eight were actually the person one of the people was trans another one of the people were, were you know was gay um and then people and and there was only there was only two white guys out of the, the entire eight one was wolfgang and he was in germany And I forgot the the cop's name, but he was a Chicago cop. They were the only two white guys. And then one of the uh, the only other white people were one of the ladies, she was a DJ. And then Noemi, uh, she was trans. Everybody else was either from Africa, uh, different parts of Asia, or Latin America. Yeah. So it was very progressive. Um, And set in various different parts of the world. Like they were on location. No green screen. It was, oh my God. And just the the visuals of the show. It was beautiful. Netflix axed it. After the second season, they said no more. There was a campaign to get it back on the air. People were... You know, sharing hashtags and demanding Netflix to bring back Sense8. Under pressure, Netflix decided to do a final movie instead of bringing it back. Which it didn't really live up to the actual two seasons of the show. And so you got to remember, these are working people. And when people think about the, the... The shows that get acts, they think about just the actors. It's not just the actors, right? It's all the people that work behind the scenes that also are working to provide for themselves and their families that people don't really take into consideration. So, yeah. So it says reality TV producers are also some of the people that will actually fare good. Farewell, says, you can thank the 1988 writer strike for cops. Thanks, I guess. And the 2007 strike for the celebrity apprentice. This time around, cash-strapped networks and streamers aren't expected to fuel quite the same gold rush. But producers in the space are still hoping to benefit from any disruption to the prestige TV pipeline, says one veteran reality TV producer, quote, I hate to say this because a lot of my friends are in the scripted world, but it is an enormous opportunity. As international producers, this goes into how they may benefit in other guilds. But this goes into who loses in the writer's strike. This LA's economy. The writer's strike that lasts more than just a few weeks could all but completely halt production in Los Angeles and other major entertainment hubs like New York, Georgia, and New Mexico. Any production where scripts aren't complete or the writers are needed on set would be forced to go dark. That means actors, camera operators, assistants, makeup artists, prop masters would immediately find themselves without work. The DGA has warned its members that they should continue to work through a strike, but they can only do that if their productions aren't reliant on writers. As in Los Angeles alone, some 150,000 people consider themselves employees of the motion picture or sound recording industries. Nearly 15,000 more identify as artists, writers, or producers according to the Los Angeles County Economic Development Corporation. The same group previously estimated that the Hollywood strike could cost the local economy more than three billion dollars, including $772 million lost in wages. Alex Medina says, um, says we can comfortably say that the walkout will cost local economy more than just lost wages for writers and production workers. As businesses in the industry supply chain, including caterers and equipment rental houses, and the ripple effect of reduced spending by workers in the industry and its supply chain will result in additional revolution, revenue losses in our region. Meaning, even people who work in places like restaurants, even people who work in uh, dog grooming, people who, you know, so many different people will end up losing out. Because if a lot of people... Are no longer at work because the writers aren't going to work. If the right look, if the writers don't show up, nobody works. Pretty much. That's how that's how it is. It's just like at a restaurant. If the food delivery truck that delivers all the raw foods to the restaurant doesn't show up, the cooks don't work. The servers don't work. The hosts don't work. The managers don't work. Nobody works. Right? By the way, this is why when we talk about a general strike, we actually talk about the people who drive the trucks as well as man the boats, man the trains, all that. So, anyway, (laughs) So, like I was saying, this is why the writers need to be there in order for people to work. But the thing is that these people also need to spend money in their local economies. And if they're not working, that means they're not making money. If they're not making money, then the local economy tanks. And L.A. is also a tourist place. And so they're not making money. They're just relying basically on tourism. let me continue. How's was about late night hosts? It says late night shows, which are often written mere hours before they tape are some of the first that will be forced to shut down. If there's a strike that could mean no new episodes for the tonight show with starring Jimmy Fallon or last week tonight with John Oliver and Saturday night live might have to pre-write or scrap nearly its entire May 6th show featuring Pete Davidson. And so this affected back in 2007 and that the, David Letterman, Jay Leno, Jimmy Kimmel, John Stewart and Stephen Colbert. And so not that I care that much about, like for instance, Jimmy Fallon or John Oliver or the cast of Saturday Night Live that much, but I care more about the people behind the camera, the people in the background, because they are the ones that are going to suffer. But the thing is, is that these writers, they absolutely need to go on strike because if they're being treated like crap, then they need to go on strike. They, you know, because they can't, you know, allow themselves to be continuously exploited just to produce shows while these corporations make a lot of money off of them. That's why it's important for them to go on strike. But the strike will mean a lot of closures for people. But in hoping, a lot of people will say, all right, well, if you guys don't stand with them, then we won't stand with you. That's what I'm hoping for. And of course audiences you know they're going they're not going to get shows we're just going to get a lot of reruns and One of the things that I also wanted to show as well was these corporations are making a lot of money. And what happens with these corporations, unfortunately for us, is that as they continue down the pike, what do corporations do in a capitalist system? Capitalism requires infinite growth on a planet with finite resources. So because they require this infinite growth, that means that more profit needs to go to them and their shareholders. And like I said before, I think a couple shows ago, what do they need to do in order to increase profit? They need to either raise their prices cut workers, right? Which is what a lot of these studios have done. Or they need to absorb other companies, so that they can grow from their audiences, or from their customers. The third part of this, the third piece of this is what we like to call monopolization. Is it a, a monopoly by the strict definition of it? No, but that's how these corporations operate. What they do is they will shrink it down to just a few companies, but they'll stop before they make it into one, just so that they can say, okay, we're gonna keep this part of the market We'll share this market, and we'll just have it all amongst us. Got it? Good. And so, therefore, they can raise their prices as much as they want. They can treat people like crap, not just people that are working for them like crap, but they treat you like crap. Remake anyone? It's cheaper. It's cheaper to do a remake than it is to do an original script. Think about it. You already have the script. All you got to do is just make it live action. That's all you got to do. So now you're typically making more money from a remake than you would writing the original script. Plus, there's no risk involved. What, what? There's a new Little Mermaid coming out. All they did was a, a, a race swap and boom. And it made it live action. That was it. Because it's cheaper. Because it's more profitable. Now, I am one, I'm cool with having an Ariel as being black. I don't care about that. What I care about is the fact that they are not, they are screwing over audiences as well by saying oh we'll just throw this classic at you and just just do a little bit of tweaking and then boom there you go take it and shut up now give us your money that's basically what it is that's how i honestly feel they're just throwing stuff at us how how many transformers were there how, you know, we we damn near watch Michael Bay blow up shit, uh, uh, you know, five, six, seven different ways. But every time, it's like, oh, well, they're doing a remake of this, they're doing a remake of that. Like, <laughs> yes, are we, Me are, are those of us who are millennials especially, are we nostalgic? Yes. Are we that nostalgic? No. We want new stuff, too. We still want new stuff. Here is the strike declaration. This is from the WGA. Says strike authorization vote results. Says the results of the WGA strike authorization vote are now in. The results of the WGA strike authorization uh, yes is 9,020, which is 97.85%. The no's were 198. I wonder who the no's are. Total ballots cast 9,218, which is 78.79% of eligible WGA members. These results set a new record for both turnout and percentage of support in a strike authorization vote. Our membership has spoken. Writers have expressed our collective strength, solidarity, and demand for meaningful change in overwhelming numbers. Armed with this undeniable demonstration of unity and resolve, we continue to work at negotiating table to achieve a fair contract for all writers. But here's who they are negotiating with, though. Here's who. And I want you guys to take this into consideration. I want you guys to look closely at this. These are the corporations that own our media. Make sure to give me a like, guys. And if you guys haven't subscribed, make sure to subscribe. So starting off at the top left, we have News Corp, which is basically Rupert Murdoch. So this has changed a little bit. Uh, since the creating of this, so I'm gonna make a couple corrections. So News Corp owns Fox News, Fox Sports. Um, wait, what is this? what National? Uh, I think it's not. No, not National Geographic. What is that? That DreamWorks. But that's pretty much it. They don't own a lot of these anymore. FX, National Geographic, 20th Century Fox. Uh, Fox movie, Hulu, DreamWorks that's now all owned by Disney. Disney now owns over half of what Fox used to own. Disney brought it up. Then you have Time Warner. Time Warner is, of course, CNN Entertainment, Southern Living, Time Life, HBO, uh, AOL, TNT, TBS, People. That's Time Warner. Comcast. Why is Hulu in two places? What in the world? You don't need Hulu in all those places. Anyway. It says Comcast owns NBC, Universal, Sci-Fi, Telemundo, uh, E, USA, Weather Channel. All these different ones. uh, Focus. That's what they own. Sony here is Columbia uh, Game Show Network. I forgot the names of some of these. And it's kind of blurred. TriStar. Then you have Viacom, which owns Paramount, Spike, BET. I thought BET was a black-owned station. Wasn't BET supposed to be black-owned? Why is it owned by Vi- Viacom? Who owns Viacom? Hmm. Black owned my ass. Also, Comedy Central, MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon. So that's owned by Viacom. Then you have Disney. Oh, boy. Mickey Mouse. Disney owns ABC, NBC. I'm sorry, ABC, uh, ESPN, I'm sorry. A&E, Pixar, Lucasfilms, Touchstone, Marvel. Now they own 20th Century Fox and National Geographic and Fox Entertainment. Hulu. So this is the conglomerates that they basically say, we're not going to step on each other's toes but we're just going to own it between all of us. And don't be surprised if one of these big corporations tried to buy up a whole another one. Don't be surprised if Disney says to Sony, hey, we want to buy you. Comcast tried to buy Disney a few years back. Remember that? They tried to buy them for, I think it was what, uh I think it was like 50 billion dollars. Disney Disney laughed in their faces. Disney was like, <laughs> 50 billion dollars. That's that all is that all you got? That's what happened. So that's who they are really having to go up against when it comes to the negotiating table. Cobra Commander says Disney's Alien versus Predator. <laughs> All right. So I have a. Yeah. I have a video that I want to show and I want to react to. You guys are going to see this. And this is out of More Perfect Union. They're also talking about the writer strike.
1: Production studios. At the center of that fight is something called residuals. One of the most important ways that writers get paid. Residuals are payments that are made
2: every quarter by the companies to the writers for the content that they create.
3: The WGA contracts that currently exist were built upon a model where the content providers generated the revenue through access. so if i write an episode of television that re-airs over and over and over again every time that episode re-airs the content provider generates revenue and a little piece of that revenue gets shared with everyone that contributed to the
0: creation of it so did you guys catch that so These shows basically will make revenue based on the commercial sales, right? These are how the networks make their money. They will air commercials. Like, for instance, you get a Febreze commercial. How much money does Febreze have to pay or the parent company of Febreze have to pay, let's say, uh, Viacom or Disney for that particular show? They have to pay pay so much for that time slot. And so then when they pay for that time slot, then some of that money goes to the studio that helped create that show. Then the studio disseminates that money to the people who work on that show. Writers are part of that cast. So writers, because they are literally the source of the material that the show is based on, then they get a you know a pretty significant cut, or at least they did it so that they could work and continuously write for the show and be the creators of the show. Because you have the show creator, then you have the writers, and sometimes the show creator is also one of the writers, sometimes. Or they consult with the show creator. So that's how it works.
3: now their revenue is made almost exclusively through uh monthly or annual subscriptions so there is no re-airing people can watch what they want when they want which means that we're not getting the same residuals that
0: we once would have so as far as what they're getting um because there's no advertisements so you don't have these big name advertisers that cut into a commercial break and they will advertise their stuff and then they pay this money out for the writers to get to get their their money. And so now because they had to pay these writers, they don't have to pay them anymore. Not like that anymore. So now they're cutting the you know, writers pay instead of actually paying, you know, writers what they were before on network TV and cable TV. Because now the money's going directly to it's going directly to the studios.
2: What I'm accustomed to as a broadcast writer as a residual like $20,000 for an episode of TV in streaming I just got a check for the same project for $23. And what's happening a lot is that at a certain point, after a certain couple of years, the streamer has to continue paying residuals and instead of doing that, they much rather just pull the product from their app. And so that's what we're seeing a lot of content that we create five years from now completely gone and we are not getting any residual compensation out of it. So if you have a
3: favorite show that you loved that you can't find anywhere anymore, it's because those content providers don't want to pay the creators of the show for the right to air.
1: Remember when HBO Max removed its very own Emmy award-winning hit Westworld from its streaming library? Hate to break it to you. That was over residuals. Another issue at the heart of the writer's contract dispute is something called mini rooms, which is basically a cute way to refer to writer's rooms that essentially do the same work with a fraction of the workers in a fraction of the time to turn over a larger profit.
3: Historically speaking, a writer's room was generally only constructed for a program that had been ordered to series that you were guaranteed to see at least the first few episodes of on television. It meant that the content providers spent millions of dollars on a pilot episode they watched the pilot episode said we love this let's order it to series and a writer's room was created increasingly they are saying you know what let's not spend those millions of dollars on a pilot let's spend significantly less money on a number of mini rooms where we will hire a smaller number of writers per project and we will order two or three or four or however many scripts without actually shooting any of it and then we can look in and read those scripts and decide whether or not this is a season of television we want to invest tens or hundreds of millions of dollars in
0: and, and this is why a lot of shows suck now This is why. Because they don't want to actually invest in anything that's worthwhile. And they're just giving us cheap entertainment now. Just throwing out whatever's cheap. Just so they can make more money back on it. And so, yeah. That's what's going on. Jeez Louise.
2: And what writers were seeing a lot of were the streamers were only going to pay weekly compensation to all writers, regardless of level. So you could be a co-executive producer 10 years of experience, who might have sold some development, so you have a proven track record, you could be making the same as a staff writer who this is their very first job right out the gate. We should be able to say, hey, I'm making more money now than I was making 10 years ago, because that's how careers work in every industry. You don't work the same job for 10 years and make less money than you did when you first started doing it. And that's what's happening to us.
3: It's fine if they want to hire us weekly on shows that have not been ordered to series yet that they're just collecting scripts for. But we need to be compensated in the same way that we were compensated when we were writing shows that they were putting on the air. It's the same time and creative energy being put into those scripts. The fact that these content providers might be choosing not to make Make them doesn't mean that we're working less hard on them and that we should be paid less for the creation of them.
1: At the end of
0: So ultimately this is what happens when the corporate dictator dictates to the artist what they want versus the artist dictating to the corporation what they want. Because it's no longer artists having control, artists being the directors, the writers, the actors, uh, and then the people who are, you know, the, the people who are working behind the camera, they do not dictate anymore. Even if they actually have a better outlook on what is better for the audience and which also is better for them financially, no. You have suits making decisions. I'll be honest with you. This is one of the reasons why the DCEU has actually not been very good. This is why people look at, you know, movies like Batman versus Superman and Wonder Woman in 1984 as like, what in the hell is this? Because you have these corporations making decisions and it's not coming out very well. So that's why everything sucks now. I mean, things used to be better because writers actually got compensated more. If you worked in that industry, you actually got compensated pretty decently. But they're cutting costs now. Here we go. It's all about the money
1: the day, this all comes down to greed. Mm -hmm. In 2000, the combined entertainment operating profits of the production studios was $5 billion. By 2019, with the advent of streaming and the addition of companies like Netflix in the mix, they were up to $30 billion. Streaming has boosted corporate profits, but writers are actually earning less now.
0: Makes you think a little bit when it comes to (laughs) having like Disney plus Netflix Um, peacock, or any of these others, it just makes you think differently. It's just like, man, you know, these corporations are making more money, but the people are actually getting shafted more. This is why this capitalist system continuously screws over everybody. It's not just the workers that are behind the scenes, it's also those of us who watch this entertainment. Is it really entertainment anymore? I find myself watching YouTube way more than I find myself watching Netflix or any of these other streaming platforms. I really do. Like, I'm not watching that much. It's like, why in the world am I giving my money over to these people? Because the thing is that they're really not serving me anything worthwhile. And it's always a surprise when, oh, my God, this show on Netflix is actually really good. Why do we have to go through that, right? At first it was great because we didn't have to be forced to pay for cable and watch all these different shows that we didn't want to watch. You know, basically, it's technically it's cable a la carte. But now you look at it. Capitalist these capitalists, man, they just ruin everything, man. They ruin it all, man. Anywho, it
3: is absolutely undeniable that the streaming platforms are generating mountains of money through their subscription base. What they're choosing to do with that money is an entirely different
2: question. There's this misconception outside of Hollywood that writers are bougie, six figure, people who live in palaces in Beverly Hills and why are they complaining about what more compensation? And that couldn't be far from the truth. The fight that the writers
3: in this industry are battling is probably not very different from the fight that they or friends or relatives have been facing with the consolidation of power and money. There are fewer and fewer corporations holding more and more of the purse strings and protecting the coffers and the coins more and more greedily. And that's certainly not unique to our industry. We are.
0: So that's the point. That's the point. Heartlands Media Kit says Star Wars has gone under when Disney bought it. How they handled the Republic has let me get to the point. Palpatine did nothing wrong, Ella. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. Like they have look, look. I'll put it to you this way: When Disney bought Lucas Arts, Lucasfilm. Sorry. When Disney bought Lucasfilm. All they did was just do a remake of the original trilogy. That was it. They just remade the original trilogy. Do you want to know why people like myself? I love the prequels. Like people look at me like I'm crazy. I know you like the prequels. Yeah, I love the prequels because they were literally directed by George Lucas. And it wasn't a remake of anything. It was him actually telling the story that he had already wrote before Episode Four, before A New Hope. He just never put it on screen, but he wrote it years ago, and he made it into a movie because people wanted. Because there was a fever, there was a they wanted more cowbell. They <laughs> they actually wanted people. He want, people actually want to see what happened. Like, what happened to Vader? How did Vader come to be who he is? Which was an interesting story. But then, he already had episodes 7, 8, and 9 written. And then, they bought it from him. I think it was 3 billion dollars. And so once they bought it from him, he was like, okay, I'm going to be consulted on this, right? Disney said, "Eh, yeah, we don't need you. So it's like, you mean to tell me that your creative consultant for Star Wars could be George Lucas, but you said no? So this is why... The sequels, the sequel trilogy is crap. It is crap. (laughs) Blame Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, they just, they ruined it. Harlan says, now they are doing new stories and stuff that was already made years ago. I mean for uh, I mean for to me, I mean I haven't got to see any of the animated shows, but I did see The Mandalorian first two seasons and the fact that it was uh you know produced by uh Dave Filoni and oh my god, I forgot his name. Um he also directed the first Iron Man. Um But yeah, Dave Filoni from what i've learned was actually an apprentice under george lucas john favreau yes john favreau and dave filoni yeah so because dave filoni especially was under the wing of george lucas dave filoni knew exactly what george lucas wanted so he basically just did what george lucas would have done when it regards to that show this is why that shows a hit show this is why the mandalorian at least for first two seasons, I haven't got to see the third season yet, is pretty good. So, yeah, they, they just, they're ridiculous. Let's finish this off.
2: We're making less money now than we were making 10 years ago. And the industry is shifting to prioritize streaming. And none of our pay structure or the amount of money that we're paid reflects those changes. They are treating everything like TV operates the same as it did 10 years ago. And I think everyone, even viewers know that's just not true. The industry needs to catch up. If push comes to shove, a strike is incredibly important to show these companies that we mean business and that we won't stand for them trying to take our livelihoods in Hollywood.
0: So this is why I stand with the workers, the writers, because they absolutely do not, they should not be shafted like this. And really the people who we need to point at are the executives at the top of these corporations. the executives at the top of these corporations the time warners the viacoms the disney's the news corps the sony's comcasts these are the ones that are really screwing over the workers that really Honestly, I, I'm of the opinion that if, well, let me ask you guys this, because they do have unions. What would it mean if, let's say hypothetically, Disney was worker owned? What would it mean? Because from what it looks like to me is that they would actually be run better than these for-profit companies these conglomerates I mean Dare I say, we probably get some movies that actually aren't, aren't propaganda. We wouldn't get movies like Rambo and, and, oh, what's, what's that, what's that movie name? I'm forgetting stuff lately. Don't do drugs, kids. Um, Top Gun. Oh God. I can't believe they actually remade that did a sequel to Top Gun. That's crazy. That's just all propaganda, right? And so what would happen if the money was more spread out among the workers and not in in and, and not just the workers at the top. No. Even the people who are part of the custodial cr- crews at the theme parks get some of the profit. wouldn't it be much better? Wouldn't it be better if, you know, the camera operators and the the people who did the set design and who worked on help building the sets, the people who manage craft services, the the makeup artists, what if they all got some of the profits? Wouldn't that be lovely? Instead of it all going to the top. But you can't have that in in this system. And that's one of the reasons why I just, I look at this and I'm just like, look, go on strike. Let them know who's boss. Look. Look. If you guys want something entertaining, then just watch me read a book. (laughs) I'll do that on here. You know, because these, you know, these corporations are just sorry sacks of shit. Get out of here. That's what they are. And they just do not... They honestly... They just want your eyeballs on on their shows and just keep paying for their streaming services so that it can keep pulling money out of your pockets, even though they're not really entertaining you all that well. So, yeah. I'm gonna go to the chat. <laughs> These guys, man. All right, so Indie News Network is on Rockfin. Thank you so much, Indy. Good to see you. Hi, Dave. He says, hi, Dave. <laughs> it's indie. Uh Dave Burt says, good stream, JB. So- sorry, probably should have thrown that cursing in there that moment. Hi. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I can self-censor. It's all good. Uh, Dave Burt says, we're experiencing that the Writers Guild there was going to be a high vote for Strike. Um, let me see. Having a conversation with Indy. Let me see here. Okay. And let's go to the chat here. Boom, boom, bum boom, bum, ba da da. da. Cobra Commander says Disney had the lure to Star Wars that the Emperor had sex and a baby looking like a chewed-up monster. Instead, he used the force to create Luke Skywalker. No, he, he used the force to create uh, Anakin Skywalker. It wasn't Luke. It was Anakin. Uh, Bryce says Game Studios are the way are the same way like film studios. Oh, you know what? I need to have a conversation with some people, some gamers, about game studios, especially some anti-capitalist gamers talking about game studios because game studios, the game developers, are being screwed every which way now. Absolutely, just like the writers are. Willem says Andor is rather good. Not sure about the last episode though. Uh, you know, I started the first episode, but I didn't get to finish it. And I just, I don't know, I, yeah. Heartland's media says, never forget the lies of the rebels. Alderaan is a neoliberal planet. It had it coming. <laughs> it had it coming. What the rebels don't tell you is that the life Star was there to save the planet, and the rebels rigged the station. <laughs> Oh, my God. Reality Revolution calls them pimps. <laughs> Bryce Smith, you remember the time when these companies used to be separate entities? Yeah, I remember. Petridge Farm remembers. Romaine Lettuce says, just like how Top Gun was propaganda for the old wars the sequel is propaganda for the new ones mm-hmm. i haven't even watched it and then if if i'm correct i heard that military recruiters were outside the movie theaters trying to recruit people for the for the military like you got they're, they're just brazen about it Bryce says, I just look at the view and see the talent behind the cameras are there and they got to put cameras in front of those idiots talking and raking in the profits. Oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, that's just, man. While he says, reboot reading Rainbow with JBS host. I'm serious. <laughs> By the fly in the sky, I can go twice as high. Okay. Okay, Igor says, I remember seeing the first Top Gun when I was in high school and the recruiters were waiting in the lobby to sign us up. Oh, the first Transformer film had, what? Those recruiters at the first Transformers? Oh my Atlanta. Goodness gracious. Heartlands Media says, Glad to make my make laugh, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. This year has been rough for me too. J Font keeps speaking truth to power. Thank you. Thank you so much. That means a lot. Yeah, we both had a, a, a harsh year. We got to stick together, man. We got to stick together. Good to see you, Krona Ursa. I didn't see you in the chat earlier. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I'm sorry. Cobra said Marvel was built by the U.S. military. Um, Probably, uh, oh, well, maybe Captain America. I can definitely see. Serena Sawyer says, I want to be in an indie game developer, but I know I probably got to start with a bigger company to be able to afford to do so. Ugh. Yeah. Nasty. Big companies, corporations. Creative Experiment says, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. Robotech was a good cartoon back then. So, it really happened. really. There was really... Uh, there was really Military recruiters outside Transformer, outside Transformer movie? Gosh. William says, games have a unique problem. Big producers use hype to sell pre-order copies and shovel out half-big mess. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about that because these DLCs, this DLC crap needs to end. Either finish the game first and then give it to us or don't make the game at all. That's something I, I, look. I'm sick and tired of people talking about, oh, we got to pay another $60, $70 for, another, for a DLC. Like, no, I already spent $60, $70 for the first game. Make it right or don't make it at all. Why am I paying $120 for a game that should have been $60 or $70 for me to get it? Why in the world am I spending all that money? That doesn't make no sense. Have y'all seen the price of eggs? Good Lord, no. <clears throat> no, this is why I stick to the old stuff. If i'm gonna get a game i'm not gonna pay more than 20 bucks and that game is gonna last me for hours and hours and hours and hours i ain't playing i ain't paying no 60 70 dollars for no damn game last time i paid 60 70 for a game is when i got a stimulus check and i had the extra money to be able to do it other than that unless i get a stimulus check and then after all my bills are paid i ain't buying nothing from y'all Mm-mm. no Candles, bro. Thank you so very much, Candles, but I appreciate that. I actually need a hug. <laughs> to be honest with you, okay, Igor says Tony Stark was a war mongering capitalist in the beginning. Yeah. oh yeah i uh kit says just watched the first film take note all the military scenes yeah i mean i i noticed that too you know um and it was heavily u.s military presence but i didn't know that they had a you know military recruitment outside the movie theaters i didn't notice that or maybe i remember i maybe i just i need to think back and remember hard because i just don't remember that well <laughs> Kendall's boat Why you said it? Oh Lord, no, no, Kendall's boat Kendall's boat says RBN has ruined, ruined watching movies for me. I just keep noticing all the pro-war corporate propaganda. <laughs> oh no, damn! I'm so sorry, Candle Kendall, Kendall's boat. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Look, did 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 we really ruin movies for you? <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Look, I'm sorry, but these corporations, man, they try to get you any way they can. Brian says Destiny is the best example of Willem and Madden, especially Madden. I love when angry Joe rant about it every year. Krona Ursa says, for those who want to get into video game, animated show, movie developing, they're doing it in the indie way, but that requires money from Kickstarters to get there, and some can take years. Hmm. William the Nomadic says, watch Triangle of Sadness, that's a movie you enjoy. With a name like that, no, I don't know if I enjoy that triangle sadness on me. Have you heard the beginning of my stream today? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if I can do that, but yeah. Uh, Let me see. Heartlands Media says, you want a good Godzilla movie? Check out Shen Godzilla. Transformers had their credits, uh, a special thanks to U.S. military. The whole star screen scene was a real jet at times. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't put it past them. They do stuff like that. But yeah, so I, why they even notice. I'm sorry. But yeah, so um, that's the story uh, that I'm covering for today. And I will be doing more uh, news stories. And then also um, I'll be getting into Asada Shakur's autobiography later this week. So I'll be getting into that. Um, I finished chapter one if you guys have not uh gotten to watch it then you guys can go and watch that after the stream if you like but i read the next part two uh the, the second part part one of laziness does not exist so i read that i'll be getting into part two right after uh in, in a couple days or so um so if you guys would like to you guys can go to the playlist and look up laziness does not exist in the playlist for reading and you guys can actually watch me read the second part of part one uh that was actually really interesting we actually got into some talking about how laziness is you know the laziness lie is perpetuated and shows hell even dragon ball z <laughs> laziness lies perpetuated even in there uh is perpetuated in Oh my god, uh Avatar the Last, Airbender, and what wait, what what did they say also? Um, what of the show was it? I forgot. Um wait. Uh My Hero Academia, Steven Universe, and then Oh, The Matrix and Star Wars and Harry Potter. So yeah, it, it, this book called all of them out too for perpetuating the lazy and sly. That was, that was eye-opening for me. So go ahead and go into the, you know, the, the playlist and go into the reading and discussion for that. That was a really great read. Uh, I can't wait to get back into that. Um, also, I'll be going into RBN Live uh in about 20 minutes so be sure to be there um i just want to make sure that i think we have a guest today i don't want to say exactly who until it's um i want to make sure it's confirmed before i say because i don't want to say it on live on here and then next thing you know people are like oh well you know you said it's going to be on here on rbn live blah, blah 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 and it's like no i'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to have to look Nick, CJ, Roman, Savvy on the eye and be like, "I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said the wrong thing." JB, sorry. All right. Um. Let's take a look here. You know how things don't work as fast as you would like for them to, but when you don't need it to work that fast, it actually works kind of slow. I'm sorry. When it need when you need to work it fa- fast, it's like yeah. But then, you know, you don't really need to work that fast at that moment. I don't know. Hang on. Uh, Oh, yep. It is true. Yep. So be sure to tune into RBN Live. We are going to have in former vice presidential candidate for the Green Party, Ajemal Baraka, is going to be joining us on RBN Live this afternoon. Of course, I will be there. I have been wanting to talk to him for quite a while. Uh he is hard to get. Look, trying, look, I'm telling you this way. Trying to get Ajimo Baraka is like trying to catch it's like trying to catch air in a net. You swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. And so the fact that we actually got him, look. I just gotta give my applause to whoever booked him. I'm just like, yo, you guys did a great job because he is a brilliant and very, very prolific and prodigious man that I want to talk to. Between him, Jill Stein, Margaret Kimberly, um, uh, Danny Haifong, like yo, uh, some you know. Uh shout, uh shout out to uh oh my god, I'm forgetting people's names. Fiorella Isabel. Shout out to her. My god, so many billion people. And you know, I, I just I love talking to them because they educate me in so many things. So be sure to be there or be square. Also, if you guys have not liked the stream, please make sure to like this stream. And if you guys have not yet, you guys can sign up for my substack. Go JB substatcom so you guys can be notified of my shows whenever I do go live. And thank you to all the patrons on Patreon, on Coffee Members, uh, people who give me tips on Rockfin, people who give me super chats, people who are members, people who are giving me, you know, any type of mutual aid via various platforms. In the description. Uh, All y'all, all, all all y'all, thank you so very much for all that you guys have done. And thank you so much, especially for the condolences, the well wishes without you guys. I would not be able to get through this as much as well as I have because, yeah, you guys, you guys made it happen. And so, yeah, uh, look, water your plants water yourselves leave the world better than you found it hug your loved ones tighter today please tell people that you love them i don't care if they're like oh i already know that you don't need to. no no tell them let it be known and if you haven't talked to somebody who you love in a while reach out just just do that because you know people need to know that you care and i hope people who you haven't heard from in a while they reach out to you to let you know that they still matter to you and you matter to me so yeah well forehead kisses to every single one of you and uh Stay beautiful, people.